When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, earlier we had to take a commercial break, but we were having a very interesting conversation about Lamar Jackson. The question was, Stephen A., does he need to win a Super Bowl to change the narrative? And I had to cut you short, so I want to have you finish your thought. Well, I just wanted to point out that, you know, when when Dan uh, brings up, you know, how, you know, typically the prototypical quarterback didn't look nor sound uh, like, like a Lamar Jackson, he's absolutely right. And what happens is throughout history on too many occasions, you know, things of that nature are you were used and to this day are still used in various in various uh, avenues of our lives uh, to pigeonhole and marginalize folks. Um, and that's the beauty of sports. And I think it's important to bring that out because sports is the closest thing I believe we have in this country to a meritocracy where you can go out there performed and that proverbial glass season isn't a glass ceiling isn't whole over you and holding you down and holding you back because I assure you if there was a proverbial glass ceiling Lamar Jackson would have been held back folks already tried they tried to get him not to be a quarterback they tried to get him to be a running back they tried to they tried to dissuade him from doing what he knew he could do and this innate belief in himself this elevated level of confidence pushed him forward even when he was representing himself all of us questioned it because we talked about how agents and what have you are connected to the NFL culture and they have the connections and they have the relationships and how unwise it was for him to be a representative for himself and what did he do he goes out there and he gets his 260 million dollar contract that's what he did and then he goes back out onto the field and he performs Think about all the quarterbacks we're looking at and think about what the NFL has opened itself up to. Because now that you've seen this guy go out on the field and perform that way, no, he may not come across as the most polished individual in the world. Who cares? He goes about the business of doing his job on a very, very, very elite level. And it's opened up opportunities for a whole bunch of people down the pike who may look a little bit like him, who may sound a little bit like him. And it's not going to get stopped. That is the beauty and the greatness and Mm -hmm. the appreciation we should show to Lamar Jackson. And him winning a Super Bowl would just be icing on the cake. When you talk about Lamar Jackson, I think – People have to understand the the burden that he's also playing with. Like it's not just I'm out that I'm doing this for myself for my team. Within that organization, sitting down with members of the front office, talking about what he means to the community and how that's so important. Like his role in Baltimore, it's not just about championships. It's about what he means to this city that's filled with people that look just like him. Like I think the the sure. We're talking about football, but Lamar's place in it goes beyond just the X's and O's and the final scores. And unfortunately, he, he won't – he doesn't talk about it publicly, but we all know. Like, we all know the journey that he's on. We all know well, what it's like. he has people close to him who speak for him in that regard. <clears throat> In that regard, with stuff like that, there are people connected to his life yes. who will disseminate that message on his behalf. Yes. He yes. chooses not to do that. Yes, himself. yes, 100%. But he is, a, he is keenly aware 
of, so. of the expectations and what it is to be a guy who's not the, the prototypical QB frame, physique, all that. Look, he understands the importance of that. And he's authentic. He is who he is. And there is something that I wish people didn't spend so much time trying to, to nitpick and move the goalposts on him. Because when you spend so much time doing that, you are missing one of the greatest talents right now that we have in the NFL, who we, when you celebrate the talents of a Josh Allen and a Joe Burrow and a Patrick Mahomes, not saying they're all equal in talent, but they're all special. And Lamar should be celebrated in that same way. Unfortunately for Lamar, people will not, once he wins a Super Bowl, then no one can say anything. Yeah. That's the shame of it. I think there's still a couple things attached to this, you know, on top of it. This is a little bit attached to last year and Jalen. And Jalen, while he was great, didn't win. And people hang on to that. And, and, and again, the style of play and can that win you the Super Bowl. I think so often when a quarterback wins the Super Bowl, it is like, impactful and transformational for every guy. You know, if Josh Allen goes and wins the Super Bowl, it's, it's for his own, I guess, legacy. And the Buffalo Bills get one. Matthew Stafford won one a couple years ago, and it was his own, like, his Hall of Fame type of resume. If Lamar gets one, it, it is so much – there's so much many more tentacles attached to it than just, well, Lamar finally got one. It is – like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this – I'm completely aware I'm a white dude. Like, it is significantly bigger than just Lamar Jackson and the Ravens won the Super Bowl. It is very much so that that player that – 20, 30, 40 years ago, wasn't supposed to in the NFL. That, that's a very real thing. And I think it's important for us to give credit to Baltimore as an organization and give credit to John Harbaugh that they never once tried to change him on or off the field. They never once tried to change the style of play. They never once tried to change the way he talked or the way he looked. That's happened in the league before. And I think it's important for for us to like notify that and recognize that. And I think that's been one of the reasons why you've seen the flourish uh, of the talent on but, the field. And I just think like him winning one is significantly bigger than great. The Ravens quarterback no, won one. The only thing that I'd like to add on that is that, um, and this is not throwing any kind of negative whatsoever on professional athletes, but it's a little easier to do because again, it's a meritocracy. So in the end, what you do is what you do on far too many occasions, no matter what we do throughout corporate America and beyond. It's not just about your level of production. It's about presentation. It's about appearances. It's about so many things that are behind the curtain where people get to 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 switch to shift and manipulate narratives in such a way that even the greatness that you put forth can get become a bit convoluted. Yeah. And ultimately, it would serve to minimize and dissipate and diminish what you've accomplished. You can't get away with that with a professional athlete. A professional athlete gets on the field or gets on the court and they're performing. It's undeniable. It's not only put, it's not only done, but it's done in a public setting. And so because it's not just you who's seeing it, it's everybody who's seeing it. And then those people who are usually hiding behind the curtains and manipulating narratives all of a sudden got to come out front and validate yeah. it. And they cannot. All right. And that's uh, what that's the advantage professional athletes have.
Sorry to rush you there, Stephen A., but um, Mike McCarthy currently speaking. We want to react to that. We've got fresh sound for you that you don't want to miss. We'll get everyone's reaction in just a bit. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. There will be no changing of the guard in Dallas despite many pushing for the Cowboys to remove head coach Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones is sticking with him. Mike McCarthy addressed the media moments ago. Uh, it, was a, it was a long meeting. Uh, I think we went uh, probably a little bit past three hours. Uh, we talked about a number of topics. I mean, the first topic was obviously the disappointment um, of the ending of the season. You know, went through all the layers of that. Um, then we talked about you know, pretty much everything in the football program. So it was more looking forward and, and just where what well, happened and then what, what initially yeah, went I, I think it, um, you know, we, we went we went to – the whole course, you know, uh, went back through, you know, things that we felt you know, may have factored, and um, like I said, it, the the, the disappointment component had a lot of layers to it. So we went through all those layers, um, and then we, you know, talked about personnel and coaches and everything involved. So business affairs, and so like I said, it was a it was a, it was a long, productive conversation. I know a lot of veteran coaches in your position. Um, Feel it's important not to be not to go into a final year to want an extension. Can you talk about working without an extension in this final year and any complications? That well, I think the biggest thing is you know, and I've been asked this for 20 years or ever how long um, those questions pertain. I, I've never talked about a player's contract, um, coach's contract. I mean, I, I'm not going to start today, but I, I will say I am very uh, confident in the direct direction. 
Um, and and I, I like where we are, you know, as far as um, moving forward. Um, so I'm I'm very confident where I am. Clarence, a four-star telegram. Pete, talk about what the last few days have been like, and and for you and your family with the uncertainty. If there, you felt there was some uncertainty regarding your future, and is there a sense of relief, focus? Where are you now mentally going forward? I mean, professionally, um, you know, this is. I mean, this is this is what I do. I mean, so. Um, and it's uh, you know it's it, it's tough no no doubt about it I think when you have the opportunity to sit down and talk to every player, every coach uh, that's what Monday Tuesday and Wednesday was and then really shifted um, from the player exit interviews right up to you know the conversation with Jerry. Uh, so yeah I mean it's yeah I mean to say it's not emotional would you know, I mean, of course it is I, I think it's being Captain Obvious but yeah the family part of it is the only the only part that I, that concerns me everything else is uh, I have great confidence and. You know who I am as a man, and uh, you know who I am as a coach. But the personal part of it is a, is a challenge. That you know, just going forward. I mean, what, what's the mindset? I mean, obviously you refocus this relief on where you are going forward. I mean, with with. I'm I'm, I'm focused on the press conference right now. So uh, I mean, I I have a job to do. So and uh, you know, obviously I think all of us spend as much time as we can uh, with our family. So nothing's changed for me. Mike Todd Archer with ESPN. What needs to change with this team, organization, staff to get past? Yeah. Um, I mean, Todd. I mean, it's still raw right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little bit numb. Um, so, I mean, I. It doesn't matter what year you're in, the, the, the level of success you have. Uh, my experience and really my approach has always been, you know, you're going to have changes, you're going to have adjustments, adjustments, and you're going to have emphasis. And you know, starting with the emphasis, uh, there's there's a lot of um, things that were accomplished. So we want to make sure we can try to build off of those. Uh, we're always going to adjust, whether it's you know staff, staff responsibilities, players, players responsibility scheme, all those things, and you know, and then in changes. Is, is really part of that adjustment, you know, how, how big of a change you need to make. So, um, you know, we're, we're just getting started. What's the biggest regret from what happened on Sunday? Hey. Biggest regret? Well, not winning the game. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, we haven't, uh, the coaches have done their evaluations, and, you know, I got those last night. So I'm, I'm still working through it, and I've had some conversations. I'm going to actually, I'm going to a meeting from here. But yeah, I, I think the disappointment is uh, just not playing to your standard of of play. And I mean, uh, you go through the whole regular season, you establish a standard of play, a standard of productivity, you know, you approach, and all those things. And you know, one team played to their standard, and the other didn't. And unfortunately, we didn't. So, um, so I'm, I'm I'm very disappointed that in our performance, um, and, and just not playing to to our standard. Joe. Joe Trahan, WFA TV. Mike, um, because the performance was so far below expectations, and you talked that you got reports from coaches and everything, do you try and tweak the way you evaluate it because it was so far below what you expected? Are there any things that you could do different in your evaluation process to try and get to the bottom of what happened? Um, I'm not sure what, what you, you're talking about. Yeah, but certainly that you yeah. evaluate any game. Do, yeah. you, do you think, hey, listen, because that was so far below or so out of the ordinary for what you would expect, do you think about trying to tweak the way you evaluate it? 
you know, I look at evaluation process because I think the biggest thing is, you know, the, the way you know, when you build a football program from my approach is, you know, you have you have education, you know, education, how, how are you going to do it? Uh, and then and, and then what you're going to do is the application of it. And then you got to have a healthy, strong, um, you know, well-oiled evaluation process. And, and from that, you have things that you put buckets in. So uh, and those buckets, you know, have goals and statistical um you know, filters that they, they give you direction and make sure you're looking at statistics don't tell the whole story. So that's not what I'm saying here. But I think it clearly gives you a light to shine on and, and make sure you lock into those things. And, 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 the, and the hard part about coming in here right now is, you know, there's a tremendous amount of motion, you know, in, in all of us right now. And, you know, you have to get the emotion out of that to have clarity uh, in your substance of how you're going to move forward. Um, a, you got to learn from it, and then how, how you're going to grow. So then you got to swing back around. Now you got to educate again. Then you got to apply it, and, and and that's you know that's a process. So um, the evaluation process that uh, we're going, you know, we'll go through is. I mean, I, I guess you would say it's tweak because you're 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 applying it to different people. I mean, it's it's never the same. Uh, I guess to answer your question. And then just a quick follow up. Um, Will you go back to the to the Bills game, to the 49ers game, to try and find common denominators oh, for that kind of okay. Welcome back into First Take. That was Mike McCarthy addressing the media as he will enter his fifth season as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I actually can't believe he's already been there that long. It feels like he just got the job. We bring in wow. Mina Kimes. Mina, great to see you. We'll get to you in just a moment, Mina, because obviously you haven't even reacted to the fact. Forget his... Um, um, what Mike McCarthy had to say, the fact that Jerry Jones has decided to stick with him. But Stephen A., I wanted your reaction first to what you just heard from Mike. I think <clears throat> watching him stand up there, um, looking at his face, hearing him talk about his family, it's, uh, it's not a time to troll. It's not a time to have a good time with the, at, the, at the Cowboys' demise. It's a time to be serious here and say what I'm about to say about Mike McCarthy. Listen, I need McCarthy... And I need his loved ones, his family members, and everybody that's watching, recognizing what this business, this is what he does, this is his career, what it means to him, to understand that no one is saying that he's not a good coach. The man has won 61% of his games in 17 years as a head coach. He's a Super Bowl champion 14 years ago. He's been to four conference championship games in his career. We know that there is a resume there. But what everybody needs to understand is that in those 17 years, Brett Favre, the first two years, Aaron Rodgers, the next 11 years, and Dallas, the last four years, your quarterbacks were Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Two Hall of Famers and Dak Prescott, who's a league MVP candidate this year and is considered a damn good quarterback. And you have one Super Bowl to show for all of that over 17 years. At some point in time, folks do have a right to look at you and the question whether or not there's a better option. And so when I saw him saying what he was saying, it's like, yeah, we lost years, hurtful, but you know, this is what I do and you get back to work, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the problem was y'all didn't show up to work Sunday. That's the problem. Your job 
win. There are ways to lose. Losses happen. Dan Olavsky, yeah. you watch the game, you cover the game. Mina Kimes, you, you know the game. You cover the game, okay? Both of you are exceptional. I'm not making this up. This is not a loss. You looked ill-prepared. You looked off. Mm. There are, and I said this when I was interviewing Troy Aikman, and I'll say it again. The camera shots had to be zoomed out on more than one occasion to see a Dallas defender in the vicinity of wide open receivers for the Green Bay Packers. So you didn't do your job. It's not, you, can, you can do your job and lose. You can, you, you can do a, a haphazard job at times and win. But when you lose and it is clear that you were ill-prepared and then you got a six-time champion out there that's on a coaching market and just a couple of days after losing, Jerry Jones says, hey, we're going to stick with the plan and we're, we're perfectly fine. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, I would have moved on from Mike McCarthy. I, I was surprised that Dallas didn't. I don't think it was a glaring mistake given what he has accomplished with this team but I do think it would have been the right decision not just because of the playoff record I've seen it pointed out well other great coaches didn't have success into the playoffs until they did and I think with playoffs because it's such a small sample size often you can explain losses fluky things happen interceptions whatnot no for me it's the way they've lost to Stephen A's point not just this year but last year last year was about game management, clock management, ultimately fell at Mike McCarthy's feet. And this year, you know, Dan and I were just in Tampa reacting to this loss, and we were stunned by what we saw from Dallas because there were so many errors in coaching. Defensively, major problems, um, game planning for Green Bay and reacting to what Matt LaFleur did. Offensively, Dak Prescott didn't play well. I don't want to make it seem like we're exonerating him at all. But... Dan, the contrast between what we saw from Dallas's offense, which is under Mike McCarthy's purview, and Green Bay, where you had a essentially rookie quarterback being put time and time again into a position to succeed, throwing to wide open receivers, scheme helping him out. Dallas had by far the easier matchup going against a Packers defense that we saw get absolutely run through during the regular season, and there was nothing. I mean, again, Prescott made mistakes. I don't want to ignore that. But offensively, there was no creativity. There was no help. And, and I think when you're coming on two years in a row where we can blame these playoff losses or put a lot of the share of the blame at the feet of coaching, yeah. if the ultimate goal of this team is to go deep into the playoffs, it seems to me to be a mistake to stick with him. Yeah, I completely agree, MK. You know that. And, and I think in relation to the Dak and, and Mike McCarthy situation, the concern is you're coming off of that combination being the best season that quarterback has had. Yeah. I mean, clearly one of the two or three best quarterbacks in football this season. And so you take that in the regular season, and then it goes into the postseason, and it's a complete 180 dud. The player just didn't fall off the tracks. That, that, that's my concern with it. Listen, we all in many ways, like Stephen A., you know as, as much of a, a troll as you are with the Cowboys – you do root for Mike McCarthy as a human being, like right? You root for Dak Prescott to do well. They're, they're great people. Listening to the press conference, I still am left with some like questions because 
Mike McCarthy, again, I'm not attacking yeah. anything, but like he said, I had some really productive conversations with Jerry Jones over those three hours. And then I believe it was Todd Archer who asked, well, what needs to change? And he responded back with, I don't know just yet. I'm still raw and numb. Mm. But then how did we have productive conversations? Now, maybe it's a press conference response and he's not giving anything to the media, but I would like something in that moment. And then someone asked him, hey, Sunday, go back to it. And his response was, we just didn't play to our standard. And I would love to know why. Like that, that's the, the yeah. crux of this. They didn't lose on a game-winning field goal. They didn't lose on a one-score game. In his words, they did not play to their standard in a year where their expectations were higher than they've been. And, and realistically, their expectations were higher than they've been. So why did you not play in the biggest game of the year versus the team that is the youngest team in the NFL, not to your standards? That falls on coaching again. That's... Coming out of that press conference, those are two still giant question marks that we don't have answers to. Absolutely. And that's really what this comes down to. And the fact that we don't have answers to those questions and he's still numb and what have you. And you're meeting with Jerry. I mean, what was the purpose of meeting with him? You know, you wanted to find out whether or not you were going to still have a job. And the reason why you were wondering whether or not you were going to still have a job is not because you lost. It's because of how you lost. Let's call it what it is. We've seen Jerry Jones keep Jason Garrett after back-to-back-to-back eight-and-eight seasons where they lost on the last game of the regular season to each team within the division, Philadelphia, New York, and Washington. Back-to-back-to-back years, not necessarily in that order in terms of the team. That and Jerry Jones still kept Jason Garrett. And so to go your route with you, you wanted play-calling duties. You wanted that responsibility. You pushed Kellen Moore out of there so you could have that responsibility. And then you go up against Matt LaFleur, who has a first-year quarterback behind center in the postseason, and you get utterly schooled. Schooled. Yeah. I, I mean, schooled to the degree that, I mean, I would be shocked if Dan Quinn, hey, call me crazy, I would be shocked if he got a head coaching job after this performance. Because if I'm a perspective, I'm a team, I saw you blow a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, even though Kyle Shanahan was your play caller. I get that. But it, despite how good mm-hmm. their defenses looked, albeit against inferior competition this year because they were playing a bunch of last-place teams yeah. most of the season, I'm still looking at you in the postseason. And to have receivers so wide open, to, for your defense to look so inept, I would be shocked if Dan Quinn ended up with a head coaching job. Yeah. 13 trips to the playoffs, no conference championship appearances, the longest such streak in the NFL. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. 
Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Oh, Dan Orlovsky's got a list for us in A-list. Oh, I see you doing the Stephen A. Uh, Dan, you've it's got your top a. five. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, stop him. Make him stop. Oh, my gosh. Mina's you know. getting in on it, too. You know Mina. It looks a little like Carlton Banks slash Stephen A. Oh, this is Did you watch Fresh no, Prince? No, it doesn't. No, no, it, it did a little. Okay, let's get to the list. Dan, you're supposed to be scary. It's your top five scary quarterbacks. This dance is scary. This dance is scary. You have right. your top That's five scariest quarterbacks? Top five quarterbacks scariest <laughs> that are left in the playoffs. We're going to start with number five, Green Bay, Jordan Love. Jordan Love in his last nine games has 21 touchdowns and one interception. Went down to Dallas and absolutely woodshedded that defense that led the NFL in takeaways. This is why scary this weekend. He has absolutely gutting zone defense lately since like week 11. His QBR against zone defense is 85. San Francisco plays a ton of zone defense. Jordan Love in his first year as a starter. Number four, Stephen A's going to hate this one. Baker what? Mayfield. Baker Stop Mayfield. Because when Baker Mayfield's oh, been doubted and when Baker Mayfield's feeling himself, he wakes up feeling dangerous. You say stop, Dan. 60 explosive pass plays from Baker Mayfield this year. That's top five in the NFL. Guess what is Detroit's number one weakest on defense? Explosive pass plays. That is a scary matchup for Detroit defensively with Baker Mayfield. Number three, we're going to go to the best player in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, no matter what is going on with that mm. offense, Patrick Mahomes is still scary when he gets the football in his hands. I know the offensive tackles have not been great. I know this team leads the NFL in offensive penalties. I know these wide receivers and pass catchers lead the NFL in drops. This guy's got a chance on Sunday to break hearts up in Buffalo, and he's still, with his legs, is scary on that third and eight moment of like, oh my gosh, what's he going to do with the football? Until someone goes and knocks him off, he is still wildly scary, even independent of What's around him? Number two, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was the second best player in football this year outside of Lamar Jackson. And Josh Allen has Patrick Mahomes that now has to come to his home in Buffalo on Sunday night in that weather with that crowd. And I think that crowd is going to be absolutely outrageous. And the way that he is playing right now and the way that he can take over games has the chance to catapult a team that's decimated with injuries to the AFC Championship. Number one, you're going to the NFL's MVP, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, the questions of can he get it done in the playoffs? We've never seen him, you know, kind of be the guy in the playoffs that was the reason his football team won. He's never had this supporting cast. He's never had this style of offense be played. And Lamar Jackson, six, seven, eight times a game, I've said it all year, he takes a play that is absolutely nothing and makes it into something. He was the first guy that I said, man, you could have the perfect defensive play call, and you could have the defense, all 11 of those guys, play it absolutely perfect, and it still won't matter. 
he is still that guy. All right, so we got Lamar, Josh, Patrick, Baker, and Jordan. Mina and Stephen A, before you jump in, fans at home, that QR code, scan it, grade it. We want to see what you give Dan. Uh, Mina, would you like to go first? What do you got, MK? Because, Mina, I felt like you had a hard time I mean, maybe with this name right here, number four. Yeah, four is Dan Orlovsky standing under the hoop begging us to dunk on him. And Absolutely. I will gladly oblige Baker Mayfield Absolutely. over not just Jordan Love, but C.J. Stroud How about is that? a wild choice. They should both, I would put C.J. on the list above Mayfield. I would move Jordan Love up. Love in particular, Dan. Since the second half of the season, who has been the best quarterback statistically under pressure? Jordan Love. Who has been the best quarterback on third down? Jordan Love. Who has actually been the best quarterback, period, according to QBR? Jordan Love. Baker Mayfield has been 20th. I understand your point about matchups. He has the easiest defensive matchup of any of these guys, but I don't care. Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud are playing out of their minds right now, and you are out of your mind for making the end of your list look this way. It, the matchup's got to matter. He's going against Detroit, who struggles to let last week outside of poor red zone from the Rams. The Rams offensively were very good in that football game. And I understand Baker is not Matthew, but the way that those receivers and Mike and Chris are playing, Cade Otten, they're going to struggle to cover that tight end. Like, that's a Wait, let's that, give some context. So, this there. isn't just scary quarterbacks. Kate this is Otten. based on opponent. Are, it's are, always in context are we, with me, Molly. Are just we, like it's always flu. in the goalpost? No, it's always in context. Okay. Steven? Well, first of all, you don't know how to do fluid. All right, that's a damn shame. <laughs> Secondly, you don't have a dancing bone in your body. Please don't embarrass yourself like that over national television again. He actually number has three, rhythm. Number three, number oh, two, stop it, Molly. Just stop. No, he did. Really. That was really. bad. Just stop. Yeah. Okay. Stop. Make him stop. Make him stop. Number three, number three. Mina is absolutely on point. You can't have a top five list in these playoffs without C.J. Stroud at the quarterback spot. You have lost your damn list. mind. I mean, please, excuse me. It's the top five right there. I'm looking at five selections, okay? Damn, I'm like, I, I, I don't it's care. one through five. It's, it's, it's scary, one through five, though. It's not it. the, the five I, best. You can't no. have a – I'm talking about a list that it's includes five. It's my list, Stephen A. All right, it's, it's a list, list, okay? But it is I'm one through five, the five. It's one through five is all I'm trying to say. You can't have the five, and C.J. Stroud is not on the list. In terms of being scary, he certainly goes up there ahead of Baker Mayfield. I'd elevate Jordan Love, and here's where it gets tricky for me, too. I'd elevate Patrick Mahomes above Josh Allen. Let me why? tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because you're looking at this season and you're contextualizing it that way. I get that. But he's about to go up yeah. against Mahomes. That's been his nemesis. He's beaten him twice in the postseason. You got to get over that hump. And until he does that, I can't put him above Mahomes because no matter what we've seen from Josh Allen, it might not measure up against that dude because it hasn't yet. I have to put Mahomes above Josh Allen. Hmm. You're yeah, and, and if it, Dan, if you're – Oh, I was say, if you're so concerned about matchups and context, that's where I would also echo Stephen A. I think Patrick Mahomes has a much easier matchup. Buffalo Bills defense has been sensational, but they are extremely injured. Whereas Josh Allen goes up a Kansas City Chiefs defense that, frankly, should be a much bigger story in these playoffs, the way they're playing against a defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, who may be outside of the guy in Baltimore, is calling defense better than anyone in the NFL right now. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I completely agree. Now, 
the, the realities of Kansas City's offense, while I'm more confident now than I was in them a week this, or a month to six yeah. weeks ago, there is the reality that both tackles still struggle. Drops have still been a part of that. So we got to see on the road, like we got to go see this group and Patrick go on the road and do it versus Sean McDermott, who's been, he hasn't been maybe as impressive as Spags, who's been great in Kansas City, but he's been really good. The best version of Josh Allen is the one that that believes, okay, it's go time. Like, I'm, I'm about to go do crazy stuff, and I'm going to go take the roller coaster ride. That's the best version. That's the scariest version for both the, the home team and the opponent team. Okay. I, I, I disagree that you well, guys well, don't see Baker Mayfield. This is Mayfield very in. Dan. Baker Mayfield's very no. Dan. This is very Dan. I'm actually surprised you don't have Josh. For, and if Matthew Stafford was still in. Can I throw this out there? Of course you wouldn't even give Jared Goff you Can I throw this out there for you, Dan? Can I throw this out there for you? Yes, sir. I don't know how often we've seen Josh Allen be more spectacular than he was in Kansas City in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and he lost that game. He lost no, the that Bills game. lost that game, not Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just saying. Oh, really? Okay. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't mention the other 52 he, guys on the box. I'm sorry, If he Dan. does that I mean, performance that's what we again, doing. they'll win. That's what if we're doing? If he does that right. performance again, right. they will win. Okay. You're done. Stephen A., can I get your grade, Y'all please? Y'all be hating on Baker, man. What grade I'd would give you it, give this, Stephen A.? I'd give, it, I I'd give it a C. I'd give a it a C. Yeah. Mina, what do you think? I'll give it what I imagine Dan averaged at UConn, a C minus. Ooh. God. He was the best quarterback I ever at UConn. I unequivocally so let's put a little respect a on his name with that. percent cool with getting C's in school. Okay. Uh, do, we have, do we have America's vote or do we not have it? Oh, we do. Oh, uh-huh. This? Okay. Stephen A. Stephen A. Well, I need to talk to you. This is like you and I having a conversation because we do this show five days a week. I don't know why I find it so remarkable. I say this every time. The fans are always in lockstep with the analysts. Yeah. And I find it extremely impressive. Like, no matter what, there has not been they a know day. Ball. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It'll it'll be the same. It's always the same predominant. Like, it's a C. They gave you a C, predominantly a C. Dan, 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 the only thing that throws me off is with Molly saying such a thing. She acts so surprised. We're number one for a reason. We have the pulse of the people. Or they have well, the pulse Steve, of us. Yeah, fair yeah, point. It's Stephen not a, about us. It's about them. I, I would and they're the, brilliant. No, it's about us. It's I about would us. say the number one <laughs> thing. <laughs> that, the number one thing that throws you off is the pitcher's mound at Yankee Stadium. I know. I know. Right. I know. But I've been working on that. I've been working but, on that. But I'll give Stephen <laughs> A. this. He knocked it out of the park Monday morning remote show. Like a million people watched. Yeah, that was. Ooh. They're watching for Stephen A. They're watching for Stephen A to was, see the reaction to the Dallas Cowboys. No one else is, is that, taking credit for that except for that Stephen A. a uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. And we weren't even all in studio together. Like Figurative number or real? I, was, I, was, I don't I was, know the I exact number, but it was gonna, ridiculous. I wasn't going to bring it up, and I'm not going to say the exact number, but it's significantly more than a million. Oh. We can leave it at that. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. Record-breaking numbers. Record-breaking numbers. Yeah. It was like game numbers. Yeah. Do you think that many people are going to be into this list? All right, let's go to break. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week. 
And you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X Card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. All right. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are retaining Mike McCarthy. He will be their head coach for his fifth season. And earlier he addressed the media and was asked what his message was for Cowboys fans. We have a, an unbelievable fan base, uh, and, they have, and they should be frustrated. Um, uh, we're extremely disappointed. Uh, disappointed for them. Uh, disappointed in our performance. Uh, but my, my message would be this: uh, we, we we have established a, a you know a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the we have the right people, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but you know, I, I know how to win, and and uh, we will get over that threshold. You know, I have total confidence in it, and, and that's why I'm standing here today. Hmm. What? Stephen A? Oh, yeah. There we go. What? This is not funny. That man just sat in front of a microphone, national national cameras for national television rolling, and said we have a championship program. That's what he said. A championship program, but in the same breath, we'll sit up there. We just haven't figured out to win uh, a playoff game yet. Excuse me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Molly. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, Dan Olavsky. Are you telling me that did I leave, did I miss something that championships are won without winning playoff games? That is the most asinine quote that I have heard in recent memory. If I'm the city of Dallas, if I'm Dallas Nation, Cowboys Nation, if I'm Dallas fans everywhere, I have just plummeted into a state of depression. How in the hell can he say something like that? I just finished. I'm, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be, I know how to win. You won a Super Bowl in 17 years. You've had Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Dak Prescott. And you have one championship to show for it in 17 years. You are one and three in the postseason since you arrived in Dallas four years ago. And you're going to sit up there with a straight face just days after an embarrassment and say to the world, we got a championship program. I mean, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones should be depressed right now. This is the most asinine quote that I have heard in recent memory. And I challenge anybody, and I'm going to be listening to you, and I'm going to be listening to RC and Swaggle. I challenge anybody to tell me that quote was okay. A championship <sighs> program, a champion. He said that. He said that. I, 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 go ahead, Dan. 
Just, just go. I think that just, was a trigger just. word for him. Yeah. I think the word championship was a little bit of a trigger for Stephen A. Uh, is that fair to the say? The best Dan? part of the day was coming out of the sound, and you go Stephen A. He goes, "What? What?" I don't have. Okay. That. What do you think about what Mike McCarthy had to say, though? Honestly, it, it, my honest. In all thoughts, seriousness, in saying we're a championship team yeah. and all that, do you think that was a poor choice of words? I, I think that from a coaching perspective, he is trying to intimate that they have championship habits, that they have a, a, a championship daily routines, that they're doing the right things or on that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this together. How about we Stephen say they, ha- they have wild card habits? They have wild card habits. Well, you can't have, become a champion. They have wild card routines. You cannot become a champion. But would that until be you, a little more, that would that be more fair to say? It's not conference championship habits. You can't become routines. a champion until you, on a daily basis, act like a champion. So I think he's trying to intimate that they are more often than not doing championship-like things on a daily basis. They just haven't won games. I'm trying to help the Cowboys fans here. I did not say. I just finished saying I want to respect the man. I understand the situation. But this is what the facts are. I tried to be cool. And then he comes out and he says that nonsense. Uh, Dallas fans should be in a state of depression. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. That, well, that's Dan championship said, to Dan them. Dan said to blow up that's the organization to, to get a new coach, that's OC, and quarterback, and they've done none of that. Regular Goodbye, season America. champions. Goodbye.